0: You're listening to the Build Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. 2020 marks the 10-year anniversary of Midco SN, and we're celebrating by looking back on how we got here and reliving some of the best moments we've captured over the past decade. See it all on August 27th at 7 p.m. on the making of Midco SN, a 10-year anniversary special. That's Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Chaves Podcast, taping this on a Wednesday morning, August the 12th, 2020. He's Bill Chaves. I'm Alex Seinert. Bill, good to see you. Just been a couple of weeks since our last pod, although a lot has happened since the last time we got together back at the end of July.
1: Yeah, good to see you too, Alex. I, yeah, we, we knew uh, back in uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, we were getting to that August 1st date, and uh, we just didn't know exactly, uh, you know, once we reached that, you know, what would it look like uh, in the next week or so afterwards? And we're finding out now. I mean, we're getting information around the country. And, you know, as we pod here, uh, you know, almost noon on, on a Wednesday, uh, certainly yesterday was a uh, uh, certainly a, a, a gigantic day when uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12 decided to do what they did. Uh, on the heels of what's happened in our conferences in both the Summit and the Missouri Valley.
0: Yeah, so just to catch everybody up to speed, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know this information, but the timeline really in the last week, we've seen so many of those dominoes that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks begin to fall in terms of the NCAA initially canceling fall championships for Division II and Division three, and then they allowed the Division I Council to make their decision on fall sports uh, and, and we've seen different conferences now start to move in that direction as well. And Friday we saw the Missouri Valley Football Conference basically postpone their fall football season to the spring. Monday we saw the Summit League do the same, can- canceling fall sports essentially moving them to the spring. Uh, so I wanted to kind of take these sort of one at a time. And for for UND sports, you know, Friday was was the the first big cancellation in terms of football being moved.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh a lot of different directions we can go with this and we will, we have time. That's, that's the good news about the pod. Um, so can we go back a week ago? So let's go back a week. Um, sure. Last Wednesday, the NCAA uh, sent uh, what was guidelines to go back and, uh, and re-socialize and participate in competition that uh, previously and, and turned them into requirements. So I thought that was a fairly big day from a tipping point standpoint. So although I would say the NCAA Board of Governors, Division One Board of Governors, did not make a decision regarding fall championships, and then allowing the board of directors, the ability. Now the board of directors is a set of presidents that's under the board of governors. The board of governors has presidents from division one, two, and three. So the board of directors has just then division one presidents, division two presidents, division three presidents. So each, each uh, division has their own board of directors. Further underneath the board of directors in division one is the council. And so you saw, Here's what were guidelines. Now they're requirements. We're going to have the board of directors make a decision potentially on fall championships. Then they said, well, "Well,, we're going to have the practitioners. the council recommend to us what we should do." That meeting literally is occurring today as we record this. so so as as that was all unfolding, I think conferences and institutions looked at those requirements and said, "Could, if we had competition today, could we actually make sure that we adhere to these requirements? And I think that led a lot of the conversations the next several days. And that's why you're seeing now certain conferences decide that today, unfortunately, I don't think we can meet these requirements. Maybe tomorrow we can. But today, the way testing is in this country, the turnaround time of three days or 72 hours is just impractical. It's not, it's not possible right now, the way it's, it's set up in this country around, the, uh, around each state. And so just that alone, I think it made it almost the decision for us without making the decision. Does that make sense?
0: No, it's us. Yeah. And that's because that was the big piece. Right. And when it, when it came to those guidelines that became requirements, the testing requirements between the cost and the feasibility, as you said, the turnaround time, that was really the big one that that made it impractical for schools to be able to continue fall sports. Correct.
1: Yeah. Availability. Number one. That, that, you know, number one, do you have what's called a PCR test? There's different types of tests, but you're, you know, the throat and nasal tests that we're all familiar with, with, with the swabs, that's a PCR test. So it was very specific that it had to be a PCR test and it had to be turned around in 72 hours. And so right now, today, we've been testing our student athletes on a weekly basis for the last five weeks. I cannot tell you, though, that those tests have been turned around within that 72 hours. They, they've been close. Some have been. Some, it's been anywhere, I would say, between 48 and 96 hours. And so that alone, so I, I'm not even going to get it. So you asked the original question. We'll get into that in a second. That's more philosophical. This is more actually like, can you take these directives and meet them? And then every institution has to make their decision at that point. And I think that was a little bit of a tipping point last week. And not to mention, Alex, I think it's fair at this point in time to be fair to our fall teams to say, hey, look, is this thing actually going to happen or not? And if not, can we work on a plan to figure out how we can maybe potentially have your season uh, you know, five months later. And because right now, the one thing we know during this pandemic, we don't know what's around the corner as far as testing is concerned, as far as a vaccine is concerned. So the best tool in our tool chest is time. And unfortunately, I think we ran out of time for the fall sports. Now, other, now someone may say to me, well, other schools are, are trying to play and they're going to play and they're forging on. I would say, okay, their decision to do that That would, I would say, number one, maybe they have incredible 100% confidence that they can turn around these particular what were guidelines, but now are not. (laughs) I mean, moving forward. And again, if they can move and they can turn around those requirements, then awesome, awesome. And, you know, when everything gets kind of cleared away, maybe some of the A5 football conferences absolutely have the resources to make sure and ensure that these requirements are followed.
0: One quick thing in regards to that, just out of curiosity, what happens if you don't get the tests turned around? So let's say you feel like you can do this. Is that a self-reporting thing? Is the NCAA going to have to send out feelers out there across the country to these programs that are pressing on to make sure they're meeting those requirements? It seems like a very difficult thing to be able to police.
1: Well, I think the reason why you saw certain conferences come out and say we're going to play a conference only schedule is because of that. It's easier, I'll call it, to monitor through your conference only, as opposed to you're going to play a lot of non conference competition and you're going to, um, I guess, Indicate to those, to those non-conference uh, schools, you need to adhere to these requirements that we have, but then you also have to monitor and police it as well. And so um, I think it's easier to do it at a conference level because uh, you guys are all meeting literally on a daily basis now and you're figuring that out. And so it might be athletic trainer to athletic trainer. It could be AD to AD. It could be coach to coach. So those are the things that I think make it uh easier, I would say, to try to play during this time and I think that's the reason why you've seen certain conferences do that.
0: When you talk about conferences and again as of today, as of Wednesday, only the Pac-12 and the Big 10 have officially said we're not going to pursue a fall football season. At the moment, the ACC and the Big Twelve—I mean, the Big Twelve—is announcing a revised schedules as of this morning, which, which is it feels <laughs> feels a little wild that we're seeing like schedules laid out. And yep, we're, we're pursuing this. I believe is it thirteen now of the sixteen FCS conferences have called off their fall season. It's it's I, again that number is moving on a hourly basis, it seems. But uh, one of the things that some schools in the FCS have been vocal about. Are, hey, we, we would still like to play a couple of games. And in, in the Valley, obviously, we've seen Missouri State is on the schedule of Oklahoma that just was released this morning. They're still on, at least on tap for a S- September 12th game against the Sooners. We've seen NDSU say, we want to play somebody. There's a couple of teams in our area, USD is in the same boat, where they were hoping to maybe play Iowa State. And there's there's some different things there that are out there. Um, you indeed always said we don't want to pursue this, not something that we're interested in. Talk about the philosophy there of just deciding, hey, let's let's even not go down that path.
1: You know, I'll be interested to see what ends up uh, shaking out. You know, I, I mean, let's let's start there. I mean, I think, again, time uh, in the future, will be looking back and seeing what actually transpired versus in real time right now, what we think is going to happen potentially. But for us. Each institution had to make their own decisions. We're in unchartered territory about potentially playing, let's call it, the sport of football in in two different segments of the year. I, 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 we need uh, truly we need some interpretation from the NCAA at this point in time as to whether that's even possible. I mean, I'm not even sure it is, uh, but, but that's neither here nor there. I think once we, for us, once we as a conference made the decision to go to the spring, we felt as if we were going to look 100% toward the spring. That, that, was, that gave clarity for our student athletes, our coaches, that we were, that's what we were striving to do. Because I've seen others around the country, I guess, have similar statements to what UND is doing as well. And so um, I don't want to say there was a divide, Alex, but I think there's maybe different philosophies potentially out there. But I would say for some of the reasons why we made the decision as a conference was the same reasons why we made a decision to focus in from a fall perspective to the spring at this stage. That does not not have anything to do with winter sports at this point. This was a conversation about fall sports, because at this stage, we had to make a decision because teams were practicing, ready to practice. They were just at the start. They were at the starting gate. Winter sports are not at the starting gate right now. So you don't have to make that decision, even though the Pac-12 did make the decision yesterday. I mean, so they're, they're one of the outliers right now that have just kind of erased everything through calendar year 20 and are going straight to 21. I'm not sure that's where we're at right now around the country that you need to do that, but it is a good point. There's been a lot of, I think, conversations among conferences as to whether or not, what does that look like for non-conference versus conference? We're gonna need an interpretation from Indy. I mean, somewhere along the line, we've received, how should I say, guidelines and then requirements and then another set of guidelines we need some definitive information as far as what's transpiring and whether this is even permissible at this point
0: it does seem a little bit bizarre when you think about it that some of these teams and honestly too if if half of the schools or 75 percent of the schools aren't playing and are gearing towards spring some schools are going to play maybe two games, or going to try to at least, and they're practicing. And then some are going to attempt to play a full schedule. It, it seems, it's so bizarre. And it kind of speaks to the fact that there is leadership of this. There, there's a you know a body that governs college football specifically, and obviously college athletics in general. But it seems like everybody's just kind of doing their own thing. And it just, uh, that just typically doesn't work in in something that, you know, I don't know, in something like this that just feels like there are so many guidelines and restrictions and dead periods for recruiting. And it feels like there's so much legislation and and things in place, and yet we can still sort of just kind of do whatever we want to right now because it's sort of a a unique time and kind of a free-for-all.
1: Well, the Board of Governors had an opportunity a week ago Tuesday to put a line in the sand to decide whether or not fall championships were going to occur That would not have impacted bowl games Mm -hmm. or the college football playoff at the FBS level. But there was a choice made to move it to the board of directors, who then made a choice to move it to the council. The council was not set up to meet until today as we're recording this. It would seem like every day that goes by feels like a week and so it, to 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 have a week go by before the entity in which that needs to make that call is not meeting seemed odd to me. So I think given those requirements that came out, I think it, it was incumbent upon then each conference to decide what made sense at this point. And you're right. Um, and maybe this is the issue per se with this many schools and conferences under one tent. And, you know, this is what we have right now. And so you're trying to be as clear and fair to your own student athletes first, but then conferences are wrestling with what is permissible and what's not. And I don't, you know, honestly, whatever schools want to do, however they interpret the, the situation that we're in right now is really on them to determine that. I think we all have to go back and look ourselves in the mirror and say, what's consistent with what we're trying to do right now. And that's the way we approached it at UND.
0: We could talk about this for a long time, even just this specific issue about the, the, the way this is set up, how it, it was kind of set up to fail. Like that's the thing when you think even not to not to make this about soccer, because we always love to make this about soccer. But when you think about the premier league who have 20, 20 clubs, and there's a divide, of course, between the ones that have the most money and the ones that have a limited amount of money and how they had such a hard time deciding what to do to get their season restarted. And there was so much push and pull amongst just 20 teams. And then you think about college football and the vast divide of over a hundred different schools at multiple different levels. And even within the power five, the, the mega rich to the sort of the smaller fish at that level to the, mid, you know, to the group of five, et cetera. It was just going to be so difficult to get everybody on the same page without somebody at the top making a decision, and there's just been a missed opportunity for that decision to be made from those that could sort of make it, and that's been we've seen that get moved down the ladder and the can kick down the road, and now we're we're here in the middle of August with kind of anarchy a little bit in this particular sport. It, it
1: feels a little bit like that, Alex. I would say you never know when your moment's going to be. And it felt like that was the Board of Governors moment. And, 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 and it got moved to a scenario where everyone had to then interpret what was being sent to us and decide what made sense at this point in time. I, I, I agree with you. I, we're recording this podcast, and today Michigan and Ohio State are not playing football, but Louisiana, Monroe, and Lafayette are. That, that that's what's happening today and nothing against Monroe or Lafayette. Um, but at the end of the day, it just seems odd that we needed someone that could be a uniter. I'm not even saying a decision maker, but a uniter to try to figure out how we go about this. The one thing that's been interesting to me, and I think we all have done the same thing. We're all trying to learn about this virus that, you know, hasn't concluded And we don't know what the potential after effects are going to be. That's what sometimes the, you know, I've heard that out there too. Well, why isn't it, you know, uh, why is it okay to do X and, and not Y in this case? Well, we don't know. We're still learning about the virus, truly. But the medical professionals that I think we're all trying to glean information from, it would have been great if there was one united front from medical expertise it seems like each conference has their own medical advice right now and depending on what you want it to come out to be that's what it could be and it's just challenging it's really really challenging and so i you know it's 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 disappointing that that's where we are right now but i guess i'm the eternal optimist in this sense is that let's make this as uniquely great as we can for 2021. I mean, let's do that. And I think with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 doing what they did yesterday, we'll certainly force the conversation about what the potential uh, as to what a spring could look like. I think if there was a non-A5s in the conversation right now, uh, only non-A5s, I think it would have been harder to get the attention of Indy slash the council. But when you have those two big-time conferences doing what they did, it will force that conversation. And of course, that will help, I guess, what clarity for, for what we have at UND.
0: I want to get to UND specifically here in just a second, but one more question for you. With college football being moved to the spring and whether or not that's going to be nationwide or assuming it will be eventually... Obviously, so much of a university's athletic budget is based on revenue from that sport for a number of different universities across the country. Maybe you can even say the majority. If you have football, that seems to be the revenue driver. How does that affect our model moving forward? Do you see that as... Because I've heard a lot of talk about how this is really going to change how college athletics work because we're losing this revenue for the fall and we already lost quite a bit because of the loss of March Madness and and the things like in the spring. Is this a... a, a an opportunity for the model to completely get shifted, or maybe it has to be shifted? Or do you see this as something that most schools will be able to overcome without too much trouble because that revenue is going to come in once things get back to normal when the calendar flips? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so I don't think I'm going to concede yet that college football, to some degree, it, it, it still could be played. I mean, I, I think, I think that, you know, the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC certainly are resourced to the point where I think they could abide by those requirements, I, I do. Um, others, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. So so I, I'm not gonna necessarily concede that football is not gonna be played, uh, college football this year. It might be, it might be. Um, and again, it may not be, who knows, but you know, today as we're recording, at least some are, are still attempting to play. The other sports, the other little nugget that came out last week was if you uh, fell below the threshold of 50% of participating schools in a specific championship, then the NCA would not host it in the fall. So now that you're seeing a lot of conferences at least attempting to move things from fall to spring, m- my indication is that all the other all the other championships are going to be moved to the spring, which means it's going to kind of clear the runway for, in a sense, the A5 to try to make a run at this, at this stage. Um, I don't know, you know, ultimately the bigger picture that you're asking, I guess, maybe Alex, that's a really, you know, definitive answer, but maybe could, could be the case. I know for us losing three games So I'm just not even going to go down the Kansas state rabbit hole. Let's just go non-conference rabbit hole is it's about almost amazingly a break even scenario where um, there's expenses that, that, you know, when you have to charter to Portland or charter to Manhattan, Kansas or pay a Valpo to come to the Alara Center, there's, there's expenses. So you might just look at the guarantee revenue that's potentially lost, it's offset by, by expenses. So although maybe there might be a little bit of a loss, so to speak, I don't think it's gonna be as significant as, uh, as we, uh, I guess, generally that you might think.
0: Good to know. Okay. Well that's that's some positive news <laughs> that I yeah, think people I, don't really think of. I think you, you just think of, hey, we would have had half a million dollars for playing Kansas State and now that's gone. But you don't we think had to pay, of the expenses. Yeah. mm
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that you know, so already you're 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 subtracting that out. And so um, yeah, I mean our budget modeling has been this year was you know, if we played, I'll call it a normal schedule but also altered as well. And so I think we knew that there potentially could be some delays or uniqueness to it. And uh, both myself and Chad Karthauser have, you know, tried to model um, a, a couple different scenarios so that we can just pivot when situations occur. Mm.
0: Great ones adjust, Bill. The great ones adjust.
1: They, they had better um, during uh, a pandemic.
0: <laughs> oh, Speaking of adjusting. So a couple now UND-specific football-type questions for you. Uh, I spoke with Bubba on Monday just to chat and see how, how he's doing, how the staff's doing, how the guys are doing, and if they had a plan in place. And obviously, this is, you know, Monday was only 72 hours after things had been more or less shut down. So at that time, they're still obviously in the planning phase. But do you foresee this fall, again, is not going to play games, but we can assume there'll be some sort of practice, kind of like a spring ball in the fall to get ready for a spring season. Is that what you foresee happening for the football team come September, October?
1: You know, I think a calendar needs to be put in place uh, from at least the council's standpoint. You know, what what does football look like? But right now... We're we're divided. I mean, we're we're divided. You got some schools and and in, in conferences that are uh, intending to play in the fall, and some that are intending to try to play in the spring. And uh, um, it's probably uh, it's messy right now. <laughs> and so I, I think we can only do what we think is right for the health and well being of our our students right now, and that's you know probably get into workout mode so to speak again, and then. Um, I would say the most logical thing would be yeah just flip the spring to the fall right So in a sense maybe kind of have a spring ball spring practices in the fall and then flip it and then go do conference uh, conference games in the spring that that's at least as we're potting here today that's that's where my mind is at.
0: Moving football to the spring and this has been talked about a lot obviously there's it's it's different so people automatically throw up a lot of like well the weather's going to be bad and how can you ask these kids to play in the spring a full season then play right again in the fall you know just a a couple months later and is that unhealthy and and how does this work with the other sports now that are being moved to the spring and how when, when will this start with basketball there's obviously a ton of questions but it's also it's not that impossible. Like this is, as you said, you have to be flexible and things are are unique right now. What do you see are some of the hurdles that this country and UND and our conference, et cetera, are going to have to overcome to, to make spring football work? And what do you think it's going to look like?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I it, It's a good question, Alex. I, I think today there's a level of macro decisions that have been made. And now it's the micro decisions that have to follow. So, so it, you know, it was a you know everyone had to get their head around: Are we doing this thing in the fall, or is it just we just don't have enough answers to to some of the questions that might be out there? And um, you know, again, a lot of this is. For sure, risk tolerance too, right? I mean, at the end of the day, um, some some folks' tolerance might be different than others, and and, and that's okay. Um, but again, we are still in a global pandemic. I mean, the, the, again, I'm not sounding the alarms. I'm just saying that's the reality of it, and so we have to kind of think through how do you work it, especially when you introduce travel into the game too. And that, so if we want to talk professional sports, we're more like major league baseball and college athletics, but even in major league baseball, they have traveling charters, if you will, and traveling bubbles. And so they, they pretty much have their inner bubble of people and they travel kind of city to city that way, similar to what they did in the uh, premier league. And so that's a little different than our bubble in college is the world. That's what it is. That's the, that's our bubble you know and so you, you you cannot think that that's the truth it is the truth because we've got students coming back from everywhere and then we have our students actually going to class and doing the things that you do as students as well so it is different and i think that was probably a, a lot of uh you know the uh, caution that that some are taking right now so as you move forward in the spring it just might be lot different. Who knows? I mean, it's almost a little exciting. I, you know, let's see what this looks like, you know, and embrace it and try to get, you know, some, some meat on the bones as far as what it could look like. No idea right now as we're potting right now, though, as far as timing, uh, dates, all of those types of things. I I really don't even know yet. I think today, literally, the the, the council will be talking about, does spring championships, is that a thing? Is that something the NCAA is going to support? And if that's the case, then I think we can start doing all of those micro decisions.
0: It'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. And because obviously, you know, on Monday, we saw the Summit League Postpone fall sports and move them to the spring as well, and so now you've got, you know, football, soccer, cross country, volleyball, and you're throwing in tennis and golf and track and field and and the end of basketball and the end of hockey. Hopefully, and you're it's it's going to be it will be March Madness, Bill, in every sense here. Come uh, well, come the spring, Hope, hopefully, again, assuming everything gets back and we can get get through this, that would be what it's going to look like, and it would be exciting.
1: Well, so let's go inside baseball a little bit here now, a little bit further. Some of the things that are still being discussed is what do you do with the spring sports that actually have a fall segment? And mm-hmm. so that's something that's still out there to have to, you know, have some discussions about. You know, I I I believe I know what UND's position is on that. But at, at the end of the day, th- those are still discussions that have to be had as well. And so, um, you know, and I say this broadly it's it's an athletic director kind of is a has a family of only children and they all have their own calendars they all have their own game times they all have their own uniqueness to it and so you're trying to then umbrella all of that under these types of uh decisions and uh It's fascinating, it really is. And so you're right, if everything kind of gets condensed, let's just call it, and again, who knows what's gonna happen, right? But let's just say there's a lot during that time segment. You know, I think you know what you do, Alex, truly, you go backwards and you say, what has to happen? Well, you know what you need? Two teams. You probably need a ball. You probably need officials and you probably need a place to play. So that's where you start with, and then you just work backwards. And then what are some of the add-ons that we've gotten used to that are gonna be a part of it? And you know, in, in this unique time, maybe a couple of those add-ons will not be in play this year, who knows? Or maybe they all will be. I, I mean, it's hard to say. So um, I don't know, I, I, I'm gonna look at this glass half full that we've made a decision that there's some clarity that now we, are gonna forge forward to see what kind of opportunities we can present in the spring.
0: One more aspect of this for the fall sports at least. Football hadn't started practice yet. They had moved the start of fall camp back twice and then ultimately just decided to shut the thing down. Soccer though, women's soccer and volleyball had both started, they both began really right before the announcement was made that fall sports were canceled. Shed a little light on, I guess, how those teams are doing You know how how Jeremiah Tiffin and Chris Logan and 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 those girls are handling that, and I'm assuming now that they have both also stopped practice. I'm assuming. I guess I don't even know for sure, but I'm assuming practice is shut down for both of those programs as well.
1: Yeah. So good good question. Yeah, the timing was fascinating. You know, we knew we had a meeting on Monday with the presidents and the summit, but camps were opening, and you know, I we were pretty clear. I, I you know our our students have been great. We've had a lot of dialogue with them and our coaches as well. And we've tried to keep them up to speed as best as we could. They knew we had a meeting with the summit league, uh, with the presidents on, uh, on, on on late Monday afternoon. So um, in fact, it, you know, we explained that here's potentially some of the scenarios that could be out there. So I don't think any of this stuff was, 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 cold to them at this point. I mean, I think they had a understanding that a lot of this discussion was being taken place. Unlike it felt like in March, everything was kind of unraveling in a 24, 48, 72 hour period. That was a little different. Then we're five, six months in, we wish we were in a better spot from a testing standpoint, availability, turnaround results, all those types of things. I, I, I think mentally, our, our students were in a different place than probably where, where our other students were back in March. And then of course our coaches have been great too. And you know, a lot of our students have been here since June working out voluntarily. So, you know, we've kind of had access to them and they, hey, they're reading everything like us, you know, and I was being straight with them. Hey, look, I don't know what decisions are gonna be made, but here's what's on the table. And so I don't think anything was necessarily a surprise.
0: It was hard to watch the video of the soccer team and the volleyball team who looked so excited to be on the field and the court. And you see like the vibe, the first day of practice vibes going on and everybody's just happy to be back with each other. And then it just, like it did in the spring, it just stinks so much to see that plug get pulled. But like you said, you could imagine that they were prepared for this sort of a thing, that it wasn't a blind side situation. Like they knew, hey, we're gonna start We might not get to finish or we might not even get to finish the week. And that was unfortunately the case.
1: Yeah, our coaches have done a a fantastic job in that regard. You know, I agree with you, Alex. I mean, if you could Monday morning quarterback any decisions that have been made right now, and you could have said, hey, look, you know, why did you even start at all if you knew you had these meetings coming up? Well, you really didn't know day to day what was going to transpire with these meetings. And so, you know, we kept kind of moving forward. Uh, You know, we, we kept going until we didn't. And that was kind of how you almost have had to uh, approach uh, day to day here is you kind of move forward on what you know today until, unfortunately, maybe you either postpone or stop or cancel. So that's what we did. And uh, yeah, so uh, we've, you know, we've 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 pivoted to um, voluntary workouts at this point until school starts on August 24th. That was, I think, a, a, a good prudent decision until we get some more direction from the council and/or Indy about what these calendars may look like, but still uh, allows. Our students to go into our facilities and work out through our protocols and making sure that they're adhering to them, and they've done a nice job with that. And uh, so, so that's kind of how we're handling it right now. But I'm telling you, interesting times. I, I yeah. and again, if you if you told me that I have all the answers right now on this, I, I don't. I mean, I I'm just giving you a description of what's transpired. But you know, we're just trying to get sometimes clarity on, on what's happening and as much clarity as we could provide. Our our folks, I think there's a value in that too.
0: From the fall now, we go to another aspect of the sports calendar, which we do not have a lot of clarity on either, and that's the winter and obviously hockey and basketball are are really the two main things that people look at that time of year. And, you know, again, we always talk about hockey being that sport that umbrellas all seasons, and it's supposed you know, first game is supposed to be October the 3rd. I guess even though – The NCHC I know has not definitively said, here's what we're doing. Some conferences have the, you know, the Ivy league, which essentially is the ECAC for the most part has said we're not playing until January, but the NCHC again, still still in this holding phase of meeting and trying to decide what do you know now in terms of this hockey season upcoming and then the basketball season soon to follow, if anything, what, what can you tell us?
1: Yeah. You know, hockey, you know, uh, let's start with hockey. Um, you know, just a, such a unique sport because there's only 60 schools that play it. And it, 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 it's so um, interwoven among those 60. So even though you're in a conference of eight, it feels like you're really in a conference of 60. Mm. And so and Josh Fenton does such a great job. we um, number one with the conference, but he does an awesome job as as really a leader in, in, in the country uh, I think among commissioners. And so, so he's always, uh, you know, connecting with the coaches and, uh, and fellow commissioners and ADs. And so, you know, there hasn't been a week that's gone by since March that we haven't met. And, uh, and we continue to meet on a weekly and sometimes twice a week basis. And so, you know, we were, we were waiting to see how the fall was going to play out. And I think you have to be ready for um, you know several possibilities moving forward, but you know last this past week, Alex, you know they're talking about potentially point of care testing being approved by the FDA. That might be a bit of a game changer for us, and you know that has you know and if that was let's just say a month ago, maybe we'd be in a different spot with fall sports. And so I think like anything else, I can compartmentalize the seasons. We made a decision on fall. Now we're in the time frame with winter that we have to figure out what might make sense. And, um, I don't think you make decisions until you have to make decisions and you keep going with what you have until you don't keep going with what you have. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's probably not the answer people are looking for, but I think it's what we have right now. And I think we're, you know, we're hopeful that certain aspects of, I would say, understanding, testing, getting immediate results, being able to isolate uh, individuals that may be a positive case might become, I would say, more available, maybe more inexpensive, um, but certainly that, that is the hope as we're moving
0: forward. Last thing on, on this, you mentioned not wanting to make a decision until you absolutely have to. You know, we've seen fall sports essentially be about a, a three weeks to a month out from sort of the beginning of season. Do you see the same thing for for hockey where we get to early September and that's when the winter sports decisions will start to be made or do you see that having maybe a little bit more time?
1: I I do. I, I think I think it's going to go through a similar track. Uh, you know, I think you're going to have to think in your head okay what are the what are the dates if you will i I think if you recall when we were in late may june i think you'd hear um generally speaking uh certain commissioners about football would say maybe late july august one-ish was kind of the date i i i think you're you know you're looking at um in the next month or so, we're going to have to really think through where are we with some things right now. And then um, it almost feels like Nashville to some degree. I mean, I think we had to be a fair We, you know, Jody and I, you know, discussed a 90 day out window. I mean, that, that we thought that that was fair. And although those decisions, you know, could have a moving target a little bit, Alex, for sure. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to be pinned to a date because Literally, things could change uh, the next day regarding, again, back to testing or what have you, or results. And so I, I think you want to be a little bit flexible, but I do think we all know that there's a general time frame in which you know, the, the clock is ticking.
0: Yeah. Uh, one other UND – I should ask before we go into this, this sort of second part of UND news, anything else you want to discuss or anything else in terms of COVID-19 and its effect on fall, winter, and potentially spring sports – Anything else that we're missing in this conversation, Bill, that you want people to know?
1: no it, you know i'll just say that you know when this finally gets posted who knows things could have altered and changed you know uh, dramatically it k- kind of feels like you need a timestamp on everything right as of and i i would say today as far as what i know right now and so you know th- those are the qualifiers that that we all have gotten used to uh you know saying it, it, during uh you know this
0: whole uh pandemic again we're recording this on a wednesday August the 12th, it's 12.15 p.m. Central Time. Typically, when we do these pods, even when it's not a pandemic, I feel like that things we say become irrelevant before this even gets posted. This has happened a handful of occasions over the course of our our three year, our two plus year run bill. So we'll see. But anyway, don't, don't hold it against us if things break in the next couple of hours. That's uh, correct.
1: You can only do what you can do as far as, you know, and again, this is what we know right now as we're potting this. And, and if it becomes old quick, then you just okay. hit delete.
0: We'll do another one.
1: We'll do another one. We'll just That's do another right. one. That's exactly right. <laughs> again, back to the great ones adjust, eh?
0: Exactly, exactly. It always comes back to that. Uh, One other UND athletics note, and this again is COVID related, of course, the Athletics Hall of Fame class that was set to be inducted during homecoming in 2020. That induction ceremony and all the festivities that surround that have now been moved to 2021. And that's, again, a prudent decision because, and you said this in the release bill, it's just those are events where you want everyone to be together in the room celebrating these great accomplishments in this great moment. And that's just not safe slash possible in our current environment and and that's too bad
1: yeah you know i think you're seeing a lot of that around the country and i think the reasons why uh, you know are are a couple fold right you're you're honoring history you're 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 honoring someone's you know legacy to to what we've done here uh at und and 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 you want that to be an incredible celebration with their their family and friends and uh there's a lot of things you probably can do virtual i don't think you can do that very well virtual you you can as best as you can and i get it i mean i have i've actually been to bar bar mitzvahs i've been to graduations virtually and i think where we are in life right now is is awesome I mean, in that regard, but I think if we had our druthers, you know, those are types of events that you want to be able to be in person and, uh, you feel the emotion of it. Right. And so, uh, so I think, you know, sadly, again, uh, right decision, um, again, just chock full of unfortunate news that that's what we ended up doing, but I think it was the right call.
0: Yeah. October of 2021, next year's homecoming, we'll get a chance to celebrate that particular group. And a new class as well. I would assume that we would induct a new class for twenty twenty one as well, or would you just roll it over? I should ask maybe. Yeah, I think we're there? I
1: think we're just rolling over. Cool. I think we're just rolling over, and I think we're going to give them, uh, you know, their uh, their their day in the sun, so to speak, uh, or their night in the sun, uh, um, uh, in twenty one.
0: Yeah. Good plan. Good plan. Good.
1: I thank all of our supporters for, for, for hanging there with us. We're, we're sending out a letter to all of our season ticket holders, uh, football season ticket holders. And, you know, a lot of what we said here is in that letter as well. And, uh, we'll come out with some, uh, options on on some things. Once we know more, we have clarity as to what potentially this spring could look like. And so, uh, I appreciate you hanging in there with us. I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, UND Alumni Foundation just uh, announced a, a record-breaking uh, year in fundraising and all amongst a pandemic. And so, you know, our supporters are second to none here, and we appreciate you and just know that we're doing the best we can with what I think is the right decisions for UND, our student-athletes, our staff, our coaches, and it's challenging times. And, you know, we understand that, And uh, but we appreciate the support. It, it goes a long way.
0: Yeah, well said. Well said. Um, Let's transition now to the the B side of this conversation, and we'll do a quick one. We'll do a quick one today. A couple couple fun things going on, uh, including a a great UND presence in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the the bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton. Sixteen alums were in the at least the qualifying phase and the round robin phase, and eleven are still alive. It's been fun to see. Obviously, our guys have success, but it's been fun to watch these games. Period. We have today's Wednesday. We have five playoff hockey games happening today in their own time slot from 10 a.m. finishing again proposed five because you don't know if we're gonna have a five overtime game like we had last night we had to move the bees and the canes to this morning but it's it is just a glorious time to be a hockey fan right now it's March Madness in August for the NHL
1: yeah, so uh, no one's gonna feel sorry for me. I haven't been able to watch much of it. I, I just haven't. Um, you know, uh, I have again, no idea why. Yeah, we're just trying to stick handle so much on a day to day basis that that literally, I. I I, from literally sunup to sundown, um, been just dialing in, you know, what's next and what should be happening. Um, but yes, lot yesterday I walked by at about, I don't even know what time it was, 2.30, 2. and yes. I, I looked mm-hmm. up and I saw Tampa playing Col- Columbus and I said, wow. I said, Tampa, that's a you know, hate for them to how they went out last year. That was a, a alarming, so to speak, after being the best team in the NHL. Yeah. And then it got home after a, a, a something I had to go do. It was eight o'clock, and it was still going on. Holy yeah. cow! So uh, yeah, amazing. At least it didn't end. I, I don't think it was a cheapy. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty good,
0: pretty good shot. No, it was a good shot. Yeah, it was good a good shot. shot. Braden Point. Yeah, good shot. So that's but a six-hour hockey game, and that that begs the question. And and we've seen this debate before. Is it the best thing in the Stanley Cup playoffs to have these 20 minute sudden death overtime periods and you just keep on playing until somebody scores is that the best way to decide this? It's a good question. I I think one thing that probably helps
1: those two teams weirdly is that they just had to go up to their bed and was probably 5 minutes away. that probably Mm -hmm. helped a little bit i'll be honest with you and at least you know they're probably really contained and 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 i'm sure there's you know nothing going on today with those teams so they're just gonna you know maybe do something on the on the whiteboard a little bit and then uh and then call it good but yeah i don't know you know it's the same thing i i like it and it's not as physically grueling obviously but same with with baseball games that go 19 innings or 20 innings right In, in in let's just say may i mean at some point you're better off. Well, if you're going to go 20 innings, win the game. But boy, that, that messes you up for the next week.
0: This was the case in the 2018 World Series with the Red Sox and the Dodgers when they played that extra inning game. And it was what, game three, I think? This was that we were in Vegas. I remember it was right before yep. the Gophers uh, yep. UND hockey game. And it was at this point like, hey, are you just better off losing instead of burning out your entire pitching staff? And pushing this to whatever, I don't remember how many innings it went. It was insane. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and they're still playing the thing. But the uh, the same case could be said, again, I mean, in the NHL. It's game one of a best of seven. And, I mean, the minutes those guys played last night and the amount of saves, I it, it was unbelievable. Like 140 shots on goal combined, and it just – I mean it's – I get it, and you don't want to have a shootout, you know, to decide a Stanley Cup playoff game. I mean, we always talk about in soccer, like shootout is, it's it's the, <laughs> it's the worst best case solution that you can come up. With. You have to end it. You can't keep playing forever. But hockey, you could keep so, conceivably playing forever.
1: So I, you know, and it, this it, it, is maybe somewhat rare that it goes that long, but it happens for sure. It, it has happened. You know, the other thing you could do, and I, I, I don't know, it's just, certainly this year you could do it because you're literally in a bubble, right? You don't have to worry about tra- air travel and going back to cities and, and uh, uh, arenas that may not be available and all that other stuff. Maybe you end it after four periods, mm. and then you come back. I mean, I and then, and, and then restart it the next day.
0: This is the Mahou Isner Corollary at Wimbledon when those guys played for three straight days and it just never ended. Because again, with with tennis in Wimbledon, no tiebreaker. You just keep on playing. Not a bad idea.
1: It would be a way for you to at least everyone knows the rules going in, right? Yeah. And so I don't know. I I mean, that's.
0: That's a really good idea because in, in this format, it works. You're not sending fans home and having them come back the next day with tickets and those sorts of things. You're, and it, again, the longer these games go, you've kind of screwed up the schedule because all these teams are playing one on top of the other in the same, obviously in, in two different facilities. But we've seen this where the Bruins and the Hurricanes, the ex-Whalers, were supposed to play last night. And the game went too long, and now they're playing this morning. Bill's making a face. But um, it would make sense then potentially to say, hey, you know what? We're going to play 3 OT, and if you can't finish it there, let's take a break. The next game can go on. You guys can finish this game tomorrow morning. It really isn't the worst idea to do that. Well, the one thing it does, and again, I totally agree. Like, like
1: this is the only reason why you could do it is because they're bubbled like this, or at least think about this this way, because there's probably too many other dynamics the other way uh, as to what's transpired. But it doesn't mess up the hurricanes and the Bruins, yeah. because at least they know at worst they're going to be—I don't know—call it what? Another, it may be an mm-hmm. maybe an hour delayed, and maybe an hour delayed. And 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 if you go into that that way, then you can just pivot and adu- adjust the schedules accordingly, knowing that you have to finish this game. Yeah, we're all in real time with this, you know. And who would have thought <laughs> game one would literally go three games? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, wow. So I—I I know Seth Jones. I think was sixty-one minutes 60, last night. Yeah.
0: New NHL record for most minutes in the game. Unbelievable. I saw there were lots of talk on Twitter about getting him new legs. And I saw one of the Team USA sled hockey players saying, he can have mine. He's an amputee. it was just really funny to see some of that back and forth. And, and incredible. And those guys are set to play tomorrow again. We'll lace him up again and get back out there 48 hours later.
1: Now, the other thing you could do, Alex, and I'm not sure you would do this. Why wouldn't you delay him one more day?
0: You certainly could.
1: Why wouldn't you say you have to have two days in between if your game goes beyond six periods or five or whatever? Yeah, you know, I mean, well, they were eight periods last night. So once you get into period six and beyond, you got two days off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is if, if they can completely reroute game one of Boston, Carolina to a different day. Why couldn't you just do that for these teams that have just gone through this? Ultra marathon of a game to kick things off. Again, we, yeah, they should. Let, I don't know why the NHL isn't calling us up. Batman should be on your speed dial right now. Just they'll be just, listening to the pod. <laughs> don't be surprised out there, bill Shaves Pod listeners. Schloss, if we see Schloss this,
1: send it, Schloss will send it to, to, to the right people.
0: <laughs> Somebody will get a hold of it. Uh, just, just you wait just you wait when we get to the semis this is going to be or maybe maybe effective immediately whenever they hear this this is how they're going to roll again the perks these are the positives of being in such a controlled environment that you can't adjust on the fly like this when things come up if you so choose because tradition and a lot of the things that we're used to a lot of it's already kind of being thrown out the window and where this is sort of a unique one-off situation why not maybe have quote-unquote extreme solutions to these problems that can pop up when this is the format so either way made for fun a lot of drama last night it's going to make again kicking off what should be a really interesting month of hockey and a couple months of hockey as we kind of go through the uh, NHL playoffs one other thing of course other than the NBA bubble of course and baseball which we're not going to talk about because the Red Sox are terrible and there's we're not even just going to go we knew it was going to be rough it's been pretty rough we're just not going to we're not going to, or you can give me, give me 30 seconds, 30 seconds,
1: uh, 60 games, asterisk year. Um, if you want to win the asterisk title, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I just, I've just not given it. It's been fun to have like the twins on the, in the background. I did watch the opener when the Sox put up what, like 16 runs on the Orioles yeah. and there was just like a little bit of like, Oh, well maybe this won't be so bad. And then they haven't, have they won like two games since then? I mean, it's been awful. So we're just going to pretend like it's not happening. It's, it's really not. If it is happening,
1: it's really not happening. So, you uh, know, <laughs> I, 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 truth be told, I have not watched many innings at all. And, 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 and I know that we're again, I'm not trying to be a bandwagoner. I, I just uh, other things have taken up my time. Start there. Mm-hmm. But then the other piece um, is you just knew this was going to be a lost year for him. I mean, it just is, I, I, you know, when sale went under the knife and then Rodriguez, you know, is, 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 is done for the year. I mean, they just, they just don't have enough, uh, in their, uh, they don't have enough horses truly.
0: And Erod is like the, he, he's the case to be made for why we need to take COVID seriously, where he got the disease and then that led to this heart issue. And now he's, his future as a professional athlete is very much in doubt. And it really stinks because he was a guy that was awfully fun to watch. And at times for a good chunk of the season was the Red Sox best pitcher last year. And it just it's a really unfortunate that that's that that has happened to this. Yeah,
1: year. Yeah. And I don't know if we know enough about what will transpire with that, you know, and so I, I think they're obviously taking ultra caution with him, which yeah. they absolutely should. But, um, you know, the jury's still out as far as what's going to uh, occur.
0: Yeah. From baseball to soccer, or other great love. Uh, Champions yeah. League is going on right now. I don't know if you, again, you've been a busy man, so it's, it's difficult to sort of pay attention to everything. But quarterfinals start today. And this is a bubble situation as well, where all the teams have been moved to Lisbon. They've cha- talked about extreme measures. The format has completely changed. It's not a two-leg playoff anymore. It's a one-game knockout, so it's very much a World Cup style. It's going to make for a lot of fun the next four days, seeing the likes of Bayern play Barcelona and Manchester City play Lyon and Atletico Madrid play RB Leipzig and Atlanta play PSG. If you like soccer even a little bit, you really need to tune into CBS to check these games out the next couple of days. Uh,
1: so, uh, you're catching me up. I, I did know they <laughs> went to knockout stage, and and will they just finish the? They're going to finish the tournament then. This they're weekend fi- is out. Yep, that-
0: correct? So they they had a couple of games left from the round of sixteen, which were second leg games yep. that they played last week at home sites to sort of continue on because again normally you'd play two games home and away against these teams when you get to the knockout round so they sort of cleaned that up in the round of 16 now they're moving on to a single elimination bubble style format in lisbon portugal and they will play the quarterfinals this week and the semis next week and they'll have the championship game the following week so they will have a winner yep in the champions league and in the europa league as well the uh the, I don't know, the JV tournament in, in European football.
1: Well, I'm I'm very interested in the JV tournament. Because <laughs> that's uh, where your Spurs are playing yeah, next year. Wolves, Wolves lost, and, and that was important for us, I think. I don't know too much about that, but I think that maybe avoids the qualifying round for us. I believe
0: so. It gets really convoluted, but the fact that an English team didn't win the whole thing because Wolves would have made it into the Champions League if they would have won the Europa League, and that would have sort of bumped certain teams into different qualifying phases. So I believe you're right there.
1: And we would have been the last one that still would be there, but I think we would have had to do the most difficult route going in. But because they didn't win it, I think, I don't know, I think we go straight to group stage or something now.
0: I believe so. You, you avoid a random qualifier game in Slovenia, <laughs> it, like next week, because because wolves right. lost. Because what's crazy was like yesterday. Yeah, look at this. The EPL starts one month from today, September the twelfth. They are going to begin the Premier League again, just as the Champions League is finishing up. It's just been, it's just unbelievable. The fire hydrant of soccer in Europe, because again. Europe did a little bit, they did a little better at containing the coronavirus, and they've been able to play these games, and they're going to reap the benefits of having BBB, the only game in town probably for a little while. So crazy, crazy stuff, but enjoy the soccer. If you get a chance to, two o'clock the next couple of days, lots of soccer coming your way.
1: Yeah, and so that is going to be exciting. And you know what's interesting about that? And I I would not put an asterisk on that one, because that does have a World Cup feel to it. Yes. You know, and you 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 have been playing for a while now. And so their teams are somewhat in form. And so you're going to get some really good soccer.
0: It was fun to watch. What, what's really unique is that because different leagues started at different times and finished at different times, you had like Bayern Munich playing the other day against Chelsea. Chelsea just finished their season two weeks ago. Bayern had been off for a month and a half. And obviously, they buy. I mean, Bayern won four to one. But you had uh, the French league, which did nev- never restarted, and two French teams in the tournament. And Lyon, who hadn't played a competitive match for a while, ends up beating, losing to Juventus, but still being able to advance because they had won the first leg and away goals and all those things. It's just interesting. It's a great example of like the rest versus fresh. ball. you know, hey, we're we're in form. We're we're we've been playing these games versus yeah, you know, we've had a couple of months off. We're we're ready to go. It and some guys have moved teams and are on different teams now than when this competition began. It there's just a lot. It it's unique. You really had to do a lot of reading to catch up with like okay who's who's actually playing and is this guy still on this team and is this guy eligible to play. So let's tie the pod all the
1: way up right now (laughs) with unique.
0: Give me a bow. That
1: that could be the spring. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the spring could be really unique in a sense of trying to figure out potentially who's maybe graduating in in December that that occurs. Right. And so and and there could be a scenario where uh, you're going on to, let's just say, graduate school or something to that effect, or you have a job waiting for you. Uh, So you just never know. So I think we just need to be open. To, and be flexible, but we do need some guidance. I mean, if, if anything at this point in time, we need some guidance that is just, um, how should I say, vetted through the membership before sent to us. I would agree. That would be helpful.
0: <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. Well, that's what we can hope for for the next time we pod, that some of that guidance has been disseminated and we can move forward with clarity the Disseminated,
1: fall. but vetted.
0: <laughs> oh, that's going to be a new podcast staple, I feel, moving forward.
1: <laughs> yes, people can do with the, what they will with that
0: oh, when the gosh. word
1: vetted is said. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. Well, Bill, that's a lot of stuff to kind of crank through and we know you're a busy guy so we'll let you go but we really appreciate you taking the time to provide the insight and in what's been going on and again we know you don't have all the answers and, and nobody does at this point but we again we appreciate the amount of thought and care that you put into trying to figure out how to lead UND Athletics how to be a voice for the school in the Valley in the Summit in the NCHC etc and we're excited You're know, like you said it, it, there's a lot of unknowns but we're excited to see what comes of all this here in the coming months
1: yeah I mean glass half full there's some things that we will be post COVID that we're gonna take with us in all of our lives that maybe we had never ever imagined that we might be doing. And so I think that's the positive, but, you know, knock on wood, I mean, we've got some really, really um, incredibly talented uh, individuals in this world. And I know they're working on a vaccine and knock on wood. Uh, I think we're in uh, what stage three on, on several of them. And so we just need one to hit. That's what we need one to hit. Cause I think at that point in time, I think the mindset of us collectively and maybe some we're we're right now we're 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 a little bit um separated to some degree i think in in our in our mindset maybe this will help us get one collective mindset
0: yeah amen less division more unity that's what we could use as an ncaa governing body and as a country quite frankly (laughs) and as a world so on that note Bill. Oh, thanks again for the time. We will be potting probably soon with more information here in the coming weeks. When 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 it feels right, we're gonna be back in your ears. Sounds great, Alex. Awesome. Appreciate you, Bill. For Bill Shaves, for our producer Cassie Niles, I'm Alex Siner. Thanks again for listening. Hey, as always, stay safe, be well out there. Stay positive, folks. We'll talk to you soon.